Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, November 11th, 2021. Today we're reading from the Big Book, Chapter 7, and we're on page 98, the second paragraph. Burn the idea into the consciousness. Reading just that one little paragraph. And today's readers are, and thank you for your service, for the 12 Steps, Terry J, 12 Traditions, Babylon E, and reading the text are Nessa R, Susan S. H, and Devorah S. The newcomer greeter is Sam S, and the host of the second hour is Matt J. F. The reference numbers for Wednesday, November, what was yesterday, November 10th, 2021, 7 a.m. meeting is 18,062, that's 18062, and for the 10 a.m., is 18,063, that's 18063. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Terry J. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Terry. Okay, there you are. Great. (laughs) In Michigan, abstinence for yesterday and working on today. The 12 steps. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrong. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, 
Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Terry J. Okay, Dabalyn E., will you please read the 12 traditions? Good morning, Katie. My name is Davlin E., and I am a compulsive eater living gratefully and joyfully in recovery in Manitoba, Canada. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, An OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Pass. Thank you so much, Davlin. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book and we're on page 98, the second paragraph, Burn the idea into the consciousness, reading this at one small paragraph. And I will ask Nessa R. to begin reading. Hi, good morning, Vision for You. This is Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater 
in Toronto, Canada. Burn the idea into the consciousness of every man that he can get well regardless of anyone. The only condition is that he trusts in God and clean house. And I'm so glad to be reading this paragraph. I love this paragraph because this is where I used to live prior to recovery. Uh, what this short but very meaningful paragraph tells me is that circumstances didn't cause my problems and my failures, and therefore a change in my circumstances is not going to solve any of my problems. Um, you know, like I, I don't overeat because um, I don't have enough to do or I have too much to do. So quitting my job or, or getting a job or quitting my job will not help. Um, I don't overeat because my children don't do their chores. So even if they did their chores perfectly, that wouldn't help either. Um, I don't overeat because I don't have enough money. So being wealthy will not help me there either. Um, you know, even if I had the perfect husband and the perfect children and the perfect job and the perfect house and lots of money and lots of friends and beautiful clothes and, you know, whatever, you know, filling the blank. I would still be a compulsive overeater, you know, like wherever I go, there I am. And so um, this, this paragraph tells me that the problem is inside me and therefore the solution is inside me. Um, you know, and this is like what it says in, in um, um, we agnostics on chapter four on page 55, it says, um, hold on a sec. Um, we found a great reality great reality capitalized deep down within us and you know now that I'm recovered I've been recovered um, one month short of 10 years by the grace of God to working the, the 12 steps as outlined in this book in entire abstinence you know uh, my circumstances that don't change I mean my, my kids still don't do their chores I still don't have enough money live in the same house the same husband the same job the same the same everything, the same everything. And these things that I thought used to make me miserable and used to make me overeat um, are not making me miserable now. And I'm not make, they're not making me overeat. You know, I've been very happily abstinent for 10 years. Um, and, you know, I've been happy, period, uh, most of the time, uh, because now I have... Um, a real solution, somebody who always has my back, and that is God. And the only thing that I need is to make sure that I am not blocked from him. And what unblocked me to begin with was steps one through nine. What keeps me unblocked is step 10. What keeps me connected is step 11. And what keeps me remembering all that is step 12. And as long as I continue working my steps, working not my steps, this, this step, um, I will continue to remain there. Um, I, I don't need anything or anyone to be different. I need God. And then when I am different, um, everything else is different. When I change, everything changes. When my perception changes, uh, everything I look at changes. And that is the, uh, the miracle of recovery. That's the, Time, the, the miracle of the transformation. Thank you. That is affected on us through the work of the steps. And I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience. So who would like to share on the on the second paragraph on page 98? Lisa B. Lisa B. Linda D. Linda D. 
Marsha D. Marsha D. Judith S. P. Loretta H. Judith S. P. Loretta H. Liz P. I'm sorry, was that Liz P? Liz P is in Tom. Okay, Liz T. Melissa C. And Melissa C. That's a great lineup. Let's stop there. Thank you, everyone, for speaking so not on top of each other. Okay, Lisa B., Linda D., Marsha D., Judith S. P., Loretta H., Liz T., and Melissa C. Go ahead, please, Lisa. Good morning, Katie. Thank you so much for your service. Um, my name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in South Carolina, and I'm so grateful to be here and for the reading and for that wonderful share. Wherever I go, there I am. You know, it says burn into the consciousness. Oh, what a key word that is. That means awake and aware. And the only way I can be awake and aware is if I'm clean of my substances. You know, when I came in here, I was dying. I was dying a very slow death. This is a horrible death, compulsive overeating. It takes a long time for the body to die. But the spirit, you know, the emotions, the mind, it dies a long time before the body. And I was, I was dying, you know. But I was still really healthy in my body, but I was dying in my spirit. And someone threw me a life jacket, and on it was written, entire abstinence. And I was like, oh, I don't want that. Like, I want something else. And I realized I needed to have that key to turn, you know, to get in the door to then work the steps. Like, I kept thinking, let me just work the steps harder. Let me just get a superstar celebrity sponsor, you know. Let me just work the steps harder. I had never done entire abstinence of all of my ingredients. I was a master of minimizing, manipulating, and lying and deceiving myself and others. I thought I'm better than you. I'm not as bad as you. Every so often I thought I'm worse than you. But most of the time I thought I was better than you. You know, but for some reason this time when someone threw that jacket to me, I was willing to put it on entirely and follow directions and listen to what she said. And we got into the book. You know, and I learned in studying this book that inside of me is like a temple. That's where God resides, my higher power, my creator, the solution, the answer. And that I've got to keep that house clean. It's got to be clean, you know. And even every little, every little irritation, I need to clean that out. I can't minimize it. So I just want to share that. It started with that and then diligently, vigorously going through the steps to have an effect. I'm not going to have an effect if the food is not down and the ingredients and the behaviors are not down in the beginning. And that's my experience. And I'm happy, joyous, and free and recovered. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa B. And Linda D., you're up, followed by Marcia D. Good morning, everybody. I'm so grateful to be with you. Truly grateful. My name is Linda D., and I live in central Connecticut, and I'm I'm recovered. Wow, that's a big, big deal. The thing I like about this paragraph is it's uh, short and to the point, and it asks for from the beginning. Of course, I didn't know this when I started. I know it now through hard experience. Um, it asks for me to have an open mind because I'm going to have to consider something. I'm going to, uh, since I'm in 
when I came in, excruciating pain. I'm going to have to face that, and I'm going to have to explore an idea, and that is an idea I didn't want to explore, which was God. I hated the word, and I didn't want to hear it, and nothing worked, nothing, nothing worked in this program until I was willing to consider the possibility there might be a higher power. I started with a question mark. Some people have a very good idea that God is real, but can't connect. This is what this is about. How do I connect? Otherwise, in my experience now, after all these years, is of experience of failure as well as success, is that um, I have a choice every day, and it's a gift. I've been given the gift of life. I have no idea what to do with it. So I have to either choose to live from fear or to live from love, and it's unconditional love. And I have to follow unconditional love. Yes, it's inside. Yes, it's divine. Join the party. It's a search party, and boy, is it worthwhile. I thank all of you for accompanying me. It takes great courage to do this. Thanks. I pass. Thank you, Linda D. Okay, now we'll have Marsha D, followed by Judith S.P. Good morning, OA family. This is Marsha D, gratefully recovered in Ohio. Um, <clears throat> this word trust really stood out to me. Um, you know, and trust is defined as firm belief in the reliability of someone or something. And I was deluded in my Christian walk to believe that I, I, I knew my creator and I was believing in my creator. But when it came to this addiction, I wasn't trusting. I wasn't trusting with every fiber of my being. So it was through all of you that I, I learned to trust and I learned to lean in. And in the early days of sobriety, I mean, there were literally times where I would go to bed and just have to lean in or listen to all of you on special editions or just recite certain aspects of the big book and remind myself that I wasn't walking alone. So this is just a, obviously a two-sentence paragraph, but a very powerful paragraph. The other part is just the continual cleansing. You know, I came across some situations this week in program where I really felt I had failed someone, <clears throat> and it doesn't feel good. Um, and how do I approach that? Well, I can approach it with a lot of self-loathing, or I can use my tools and reach out to my fellows and and ask my higher power what defects of character were at play here, what needs to be cleaned, because I want to continue this journey and this walk. And so I'm in the middle of that. I'm still feeling vulnerable. I'm still feeling pain, but I'm trusting today. That's the difference that I will be cleansed and I will start on the path or not start, but continue on the path. And so that's the difference in the disease. I didn't have that skill, but in recovery, I've been given that skill. 
So I just want to thank all of you for being a lifeline to me <clears throat> and uh, really profound gratitude for our founders and the wisdom of developing and writing this text so that we could have it all these years later all around the globe. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Marsha D. Okay, Judith SP, you're up, followed by Loretta H. Hi, good morning. Thank you for your service, everybody. Thank you so much for being here on this journey with me. My name is Judith SP from Maryland, and uh, I'm just so amazed. I'm so grateful that we read uh, paragraph by paragraph and get deeply into it. This paragraph demonstrates to me or is such a phenomenal example of the simplicity of this program. Three sentences. This could be the whole big book to me. And I was also taken by the first word, burn, because burn has always had a painful connotation to me. But now I see that burn <clears throat> into my consciousness, as someone earlier said, the awakening, the waking up of my spirit and burning that into my soul is so incredibly important. On page 84, they refer to the fire burning. If tempted, we would call from it as from a hot flame. Okay, I can move away and not even want to go to my uh, alcoholic foods because the pain of the flame is going to draw me away. But on the other hand, 180 degrees, I'm burning it into my consciousness, and that's extremely powerful. I have to be able to realize there's one condition. The solution is in trusting my higher power. I am just amazed at every moment of every day when I keep connected to God how the miracles keep unfolding. But in addition to God, there is a history and a life that has been lived in blame and shame and responsibility on everybody's part. If the moon would just be a little bigger, if the rain would stop so the sun could come out, if he or she would do this or that, if I had this, once I got that, I want more. All that is what I have to clean house about, accepting, being aware, and taking the actions that God would lead me and realizing that I don't run the show anymore. Thank you for letting me share. Everyone have a blessed day. Thank you, um, Judith S.P. Loretta H., you're up, followed by Liz T., Thank you, Katie, and thank you, everyone on this line who saved my life along with my blessed God, recovered in Raleigh. Um, I, in fact, it was interesting because I thought of the same thing, the last speaker of the burn and recoiling from a hot flame. And God has given me that grace today um, with, you know, the work and the practice I do every day. And um, it says on page 25, um, and trust is an action. Trust is an action. And it says, the great fact is just this, and nothing less, that we have had a deep, effective spiritual experiences. 
life towards ourselves and towards God's universe. The central fact of our lives today is the absolute certainty that our Creator has entered into our hearts and lives in a way which we indeed, which is indeed miraculous. He has commenced to accomplish those things for us which we could not do for ourselves. And that was my first miracle. The first day I was able to give that food away and my will and then start working this program was the first day that I honestly could say that I had a little itty-bitty flimsy reed. And then it went on from there with the practice. And so God did that day for me. I tried for with therapy, with interventions, with whatever, and nothing worked. And then I met my little Abby in Central Park. And she was a nutritionist, ironically. So she also had the alcoholic foods out of my food plan. It just was all a spiritual experience that first day um, in 2001. And I know I, I didn't do anything, but for some reason, God entered my heart. And with that, I could learn how to be a human being um, using human aid, but also trusting and trusting in my higher power that he is going to do for me what I cannot do for myself. And today I am content. Sometimes I'm not comfortable, but if I have that trust, God will do for me what I can't do for myself. And with that, I pass. Blessings to everybody. I want to see God's face in all of you. Thank you so much, um, Loretta H. And Liz T., you're up, followed by Melissa C. Hi, good morning. My name is Liz T., as in Tom. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Minnesota. And, um, yeah, I, 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 too, appreciate the simplicity of this paragraph. Um, burn the idea into the consciousness of every man that he can get well regardless of anyone. And, you know, when I first came in to program um, seven years ago, I thought I was sick and I, I needed to eat because of everyone. If everyone else would just, you know, shape up and follow my script and do what, what I think they should be doing, I wouldn't need to eat compulsively. So, so much of this disease is um, centered in my thinking and my thinking is diluted when I am, and when I am in active disease my perception of reality is totally off basis. And it was through the step process that those blinders were able to come off and um, I was able to see my part in things and other people's responsibilities washed away. And it was such a relief because I was the common denominator in all of my problems. I was the producer of my own misery, you know, and um, I could try geographical changes. I could move, I could change jobs, I could change relationships. But at the end of the day, it was still me and my irritability, restlessness, and discontent. I, I didn't feel comfortable in my own skin. So I constantly had to look outside of myself for validation or to blame, you know, my problems on other people. Um, and it's such a relief today to have gone through the steps entirely abstinent and be free from that. And, um, the word burn, it reminded me of, um, one of the 11 step promises too. Um, we do not tire so easily. This is on page 88 for, we are not burning up energy foolishly as we did when we were trying to arrange life to suit ourselves. And you know, that, that my role is trying to 
align myself with God's will and, and ask him in my morning meditation what he wants from me today. Where, where do you need me? Just showing up for duty versus using God as an errand boy or Santa Claus to try to, you know, push my will. That never worked. I always um, fell on my face and had more misery when I was trying to force a round peg into a square hole. Um, <clears throat> so it's just a more peaceful way to live. And, um, and I no longer need to be the, the actor and the director and arranging the lights and the scenery. I, I can sit back and watch my life like a movie and appreciate it and just know that when I'm practicing steps 10, 11 and 12, I am staying in fit spiritual condition and I can feel the promises and experience the promises and, and give credit where credit is due, that it's God reliance. It's not me. Um, I'm just doing the footwork. So trusting in God and cleaning house and, you know, obviously that trusting time, God takes time. So it takes, it takes attention with that. I will pass. Thanks so much, everybody. Thank you, Liz. Okay, Melissa C., you're up, and then we'll open it up for more shares. We're on page 98, the second paragraph, burn the idea into the consciousness. Okay, go ahead, Melissa. Hi, good morning, Katie. <clears throat> Thank you so much for your service this morning. I'm Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in New York, and, um, you know, this, this chapter gives me directions for how am I going to sponsor, how am I going to work with others, how am I going to carry this message and um you know and yes i need the reminder that the only condition you know for me is um to trust god and and keep my house clean right but this is giving me the directions for how i'm going to share the message so i can't shy away we're told i can't shy away from talking about god because i got to burn it into the consciousness which means every relate you know every conversation that i'm having now with sponsors, with sponsees, with co-fellows, um, where we're working these steps, I must bring God's presence in. I can never, you know, think that somehow this power is originating, um, you know, in in me. You know, it's not a great, it's not, by the way, like when I came in, I thought, get me a great sponsor. I want a really good sponsor and the perfect food plan. And those things are excellent. But that's not what I'm burning into the consciousness of anybody. It's Trust in God, you know. And it, this paragraph comes right after the paragraph about worldly clamors, you know, material needs, marriage, job. And and we're told, guess what? None of that is needed in order to recover. And that's awesome news because, you know, now I'm promised that I'm not only going to be enslaved by food, but I'm not confined or enslaved by my life circumstances. And that's a promise that's continued to deliver for me. That's how we say that we can match calamity with serenity, that I can live in happiness regardless of my present circumstances. And so I've got two conditions, right, that's going to keep me well. It's um, trusting in God, right? And how do I form a relationship of trust in God? I have to start taking action. You know, I've got to demonstrate my trust in God. I take this, this alludes to a step three, that I'm turning it all over, right, to Father God, to my employer, that I'm getting out of the way. And we have two alternatives, right? It's either I'm going to be God, which means I'm going to have to eat a lot of food to manage that job and, it, and I'll fail, or I'm going to turn it all, all over to God. And, 
you know, um, this escaped me in my early times in recovery, and you know what? So did recovery. And I think we can't be shy. You know, yeah, there's going to be work to do. Work is going to be essential. We're going to have to clean house. But before that, we're going to have to trust God. We're going to have to start, you know, creating a relationship with the God of our own understanding, however limited that may be. And um, thanks. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. Okay, so although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day so that others can share. Um, who would like to share on this second paragraph on page 98? Leah S. Leah S. Debbie N. Debbie N. Anyone else? Chris G. Chris G. Eileen B. Time for more. Eileen B. Actually, B. (laughs) Priscilla A. D is in dog. Priscilla A. Yes. D is in dog, Eileen. Yes, thank you. And Carmela G. Carmela G. Going once. Okay. Well, let's go ahead with this lineup then. We have Leah S., Debbie N., Chris G., Eileen D., Priscilla H., and Carmela G. Go ahead, please, Loretta. I mean, Leah S. Leah, star one. Okay, I got it now. Thank you very much. (laughs) Okay, Um, my name is Leah S. And I'm recovered in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, Burn the conscience. They're using very strong language with the word burn, the idea of consciousness. In other words, you know, when I started to first um, go on this diet, quote unquote diet, um, I wanted to just be on a diet, and and then I I needed I went through the steps and um, and everything had to come to the surface, and um, um, my my sponsor always told me bring it to your consciousness when I was doing um, step four bring it up to the surface. Just look at it, write it down and read it. This is what you are saying. Um, In step three, this is what not only what you are saying, but you're believing in. And um, when when cleaning house, it, it meant step four, it meant step nine, it meant uh, reviewing in step 10, 11, and 12. And how do I go about that? By trusting and believing in my own God, in, in, in that, that something that is so powerful that it can't be human. And when I, when I started to trust that, that God, then I knew that anything uh, in in my wants to get better and cleaning myself up and bringing it to my consciousness 
it was right in front of me. It was in front of my consciousness, and it was in front of my God. And whatever God would want me would want to happen, that's what would happen. And in the previous paragraph, it says, "Job or no job." These are also very extreme. You know, whenever you're in extreme situations, whatever it is, or when you're not in extreme situations, and you're just going through everyday life, whichever way, bring it into your consciousness and clean your house just every single day and trust him and believe in him. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Leah S. And now we'll have Debbie N. followed by Chris G. Good morning. This is Debbie N. Recovered in Ohio. Um, it's been a little while since I've shared that this particular paragraph and the previous ones from previous days have really spoken to me in the fact that uh, the only one to be dependent upon is God, uh, not a sponsor, not other people in the program, but uh, developing and deepening my relationship with a higher power, who for me is God. And uh, this was evident to me when I first began OA nearly 15 years ago. Uh, when I met an individual who, uh, through how she was living her life, I wanted to ask her, what are you doing? I saw the physical side of lost weight, but there was a piece about her. So I talked to her and I asked her, and she told me about OA. It was the first time I'd ever heard of it. And I knew almost immediately, yes, this, this is where I need it to be. It was two days before a meeting that I went to, but I had decided that very day that I would follow this this program, whatever it was, and uh, I knew it was right because I didn't go into the cabinet or the fridge and start clearing out the food saying, well, I can't have those anymore. I just stopped doing it. And at that moment, that day, God relieved me from the addiction of sugar. Not that I can have sugar, but he relieved me of the desire to have sugar. And I've not gone back to that in all of these 15 years. That is something I did not do for myself. A sponsor didn't do it for me because I didn't even have one. And even the program, because I hadn't even attended a meeting. But God removed that desire, and it was something only he could do. I could not do that myself. But it solidified in my mind that being in OA was where I needed to be. Um, over the years, I have had relapses. Uh, because it's only this past year, after 14 years, this past year of listening to vision meetings and working with the sponsor in vision, uh, that I learned that I was working a food plan. And while God had granted me that grace, uh, it didn't free me from compulsive overeating or compulsive food behaviors. It was in this program that I learned that, and it is living in steps 10, 11, and 12, working a spiritual program that keeps me there, keeps me at peace, uh, because my higher power now is giving me what I cannot do for myself. And uh, it's such a joy knowing that I can now start sharing that uh, with other individuals who are, who are still in need and are still sick from this compulsive overeating disease. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Debbie Ann. And now we will have Chris G. Thank you. 
Followed uh, thank you by, I'm sorry, followed by Eileen D. I, I forgot to say that. Go ahead, please, Chris. Sorry. Thank you. Uh, it, um, um, I appreciate everybody that shared today, and I certainly uh, am excited about this paragraph. My name is Chris G. I'm from Tennessee, and um, it is, looking at the paragraph before it, 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 it's not the matter of giving that is in question, but when and how to give. And that often makes a difference between failure and success. And we are concerned with uh, our own failure and, and our own success. And, and we're concerned with uh, other people's uh, uh, failure and success and, and, and how and when to give, how and when to give. So, so sometimes we give and sometimes we receive. And, and what's, what's, you know, so, so this paragraph today uh, tells us, uh, that we can uh, succeed, and it's not up to what other people do. It's only that we trust in God and clean house. Um, when I started in Overeaters Anonymous, the idea of, of bringing God into my kitchen, <clears throat> that was a new idea. I thought God belonged in Africa, feeding the starving children in Africa, but I would take care of my own kitchen. And so to bring God into my kitchen and trust God in my kitchen. And, and the idea, you know, I had a dirty kitchen yesterday. And, you know, I thought, oh, I need to wash the dishes. But instead I cooked. So then I had a really dirty kitchen. And, um, and I had to clean it up. And when I got it cleaned up, I, I was grateful. I said, oh, wow, this is great. Clean kitchen's really a nice thing to have. But it took action. So cleaning houses, taking action, and bringing things back into order, and um, and so um, the idea of trusting in God. How do you do that? Um, I changed it today to uh, lean on God. I, I I have to lean on God, and um, and that works for me today. And I have to receive. You know, there's some power in giving. And, and to receive um, to receive love is a challenge, you know, because uh, um, it's it's different than giving and receiving God. And 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 so burn the idea of consciousness of every man that he can get well regardless of anyone. Isn't that a wonderful gift? And with that, I pass. Thank you, Chris G. Eileen D., you're up, followed by Priscilla H. Hey, good morning, Katie, and thanks for your service. This is Eileen D. from Maryland. Uh, gratefully, today, you covered. Um, I think what I really, it was very thoughtful, this, this little tiny paragraph, that we were to burn the idea into the consciousness of, of all of us, of, 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 for me, of me, that I could get well. Um, and I think that was fascinating because I think about this little germ of an idea of the consciousness. It's sort of an inside awakening, um, not an outward appearing solution. And yet the paradox was I was, I was jazzed to meet someone um, who 12-stepped me into the program who was, quite frankly, gorgeous. And, um, and I, was, I was in awe. And yet when I heard her story over time, wow, that really, that really stunned me that the outward appearance and the grace that she exhibited came from an inside awakening of her cleaning house and trusting 
in God. Um, it was so contrary before I came into program to how I viewed life and how others viewed me. I would look at someone and I would be jealous and I was like, how do they do that? How do they get to be that? Look, it was, it was very sad. Um, the opposite of jealousy, I looked up just because I was curious. I was surprised. It said it, the opposite of jealousy is trust and also compassion. And, and, and I hadn't put those two together as the opposite spectrum. But I trust you all. I trust that you understand me, and I trust that I can be of service. Um, and the more I stay in the world of abstinence and the gift that's been given me by God, um, I am compassionate to those who suffer. So it, it, it was a wonderful paragraph, very chock full of thoughts. Um, thanks, everyone. Have a really blessed day. I pass. Thank you, Eileen D. And Priscilla H., you're up, followed by Carmela G. Hi, thanks. This is Priscilla H. Am I being heard? Yes. Okay, thank you. Priscilla H. gratefully recovered and recovering but never cured from my eating disorder. Uh, this is just a little side idea that I'd like to share about burn the idea into the consciousness of every man. Um, I'm in my mid-80s, and so I was a child at the time that AA was first um, developing. I was born, you know, at that time and and was a child. And back then we didn't have video games. We didn't, in the Deep South, we didn't even have TV. And children were entertained often with by the use of crafts, arts and crafts. And there was a craft called wood-burning. You would have a piece of nicely prepared wood, and you would have some kind of little electrical instrument. I don't remember exactly what it was or how it got heated, but it would get heated hot enough to burn into that wood a design, a picture, uh, words, whatever you wanted to burn in there. And once you burned it in there, it was in there. You couldn't paint over it like you could a, a, a painting. Um, and so I'm I'm wondering if that may be what, uh, what they had in mind when they said burn the idea into the consciousness. The thing about the, wood, the craft of wood burning back then, and maybe some people still do it today, I don't know, but the thing about it was it, it was not without some danger. Um, you had to be careful with your little fingers that you didn't burn them, and you had to be careful that you didn't leave that hot uh, tool, whatever it, exactly it was, lying in the wrong place. Or you could, you could start a fire, you could be injured, you could cause some trouble. And I think that's a good metaphor or analogy, whatever that, it, whatever is the right word, for um, the process that we use in 12-step uh, recovery where we pass ideas on to other people. Um, some caution is needed not to burn the other person, not to burn myself, but to utilize God's love uh, in every interaction. So thanks for letting me share. With thank you, Priscilla. Okay, thank you, Priscilla. And now Carmela G. is up, and then we'll have time for one or two more. Good morning. Thank you so much. 
Thank you, Katie, and everyone on the line. Burn, and the only condition is that he trust in God and clean house. First, we have to burn the idea, and then the condition must come in. And I like to be a person of visuals. I, I learn that way. And the visual, if, if you've ever and um, seen the heat of a fire and how you can use fire to remove rust and how fire can purify gold, precious metal, uh, and, and you can burn it and burn it and get all those impurities out of it. Well, our founders used this method because they knew, well, I had crazy ideas. My obsessive mind, I, that's, that was my worst part of this illness, was my mind and my Carmela's ideas. So I had to burn them. And the sole idea that I needed to end with was to trust, to surrender to the power that was greater than I and rely solely. And every time a thought of taking my will back came in, I had to burn, ignite that idea and change and become anew. And that new clean, free of all the impurities of my insane thinking allowed me to have a happy, joyful life provided I put my trust in my higher power and relied solely on him. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Carmela. Okay, so we have time. Let me look. We have time for two more shares, about two and a half minutes each. Who would like to take those spots on page 98, the second paragraph? Susan S.H. Susan S.H. Who is the other one? Leon B. And Leon B. Okay, thank you. Let's go ahead, Susan S.H., followed by Leon B. Hi, um, welcome family. This is Susan S.H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Ohio. Um, it's such a short paragraph, but it's such a huge spiritual truth. Um, we love this, but I love the fellowship and I love the support and the care that I get. And I try to give back what I've been given. But people are human, just as I am, and just as I remain. Um, my trust is in a higher power, and it's not optional. <laughs> uh, yeah, higher power as I understand him, and it's not optional. I look at how I can align myself with a higher power's will. It is always, his will is always to my benefit, and I trust it, and I step out in faith. Um, do I do it perfectly? Absolutely not. But I pick up calls. I ask for guidance. 
And the surprising fact is this, that when I trust, when I act on it, when I step out in faith, I get words that are help, usually to the other person, but always to me. The things come from my mouth that I needed to hear myself. And that's such such a good, um, yeah, I'm grateful, so grateful for that. God willing, I will continue on this journey and continue to grow in faith and trust because the journey never ends. And, yeah, I, I, ha- I keep <laughs> continuing to um, need to trust and clean house. It's, uh, it's amazing how it just goes on. And then I think I got it. Oh, I need to do it again. I need to continue. And uh, I'm very grateful for how this works because my life is so different than it was when I was in the food. Um, Gratefully, I'm going to pass there. Okay. Thank you, Susan S.H. And now Leon B., if you could be our last share for today. Thank you. Good morning. This is Leon B. Gratefully recovered in Simpsonville, South Carolina. Um, and I can't help to, but to think about the last sentence um, where it says, he, he trusts in God in clean house. I thought about Ann Smith. Um, her favorite line was, um, a faith without works is, is dead. It's one thing to, to just trust in God. And um, because I believe for a very long time that God could help me with, with this eating disorder and this eating eating myself into 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 depression and everything else, but I, I was not the the key that I was missing was this cleaning cleaning house. This face without work is dead. This walking walking the walk. Not just talking and talk, not just trusting in God. Um but actually cleaning house. I'm glad that they put that line after that. There there are there are some actions that you have to take once you trust God. The other thing, a a good sponsor will will point you to to God and, and not himself. I know in the previous uh, paragraph we were talking about not, not being dependent on service and or the alcoholic can become dependent on service. I have a sponsor. He, he's always constantly pointing me to prayer. I call with something. I already know the first thing he's going to tell me to do is pray about it. And even at the end of our discussion, it's going to be pray up. Or even if we can't talk for that night, he's going to send me pray up. And um and it and it's no wonder in the tenth step when it says when these things pop up, you know, it doesn't tell you to pick up the phone to, and do a tenth step. It's the first thing you do, and I forget this myself. I'm not you know saying anyone else. The first thing it tells me to do is turn to God. We turn to God first, then you turn you reach out to to someone else. It's it's all it, yes, it's all about trusting Him. It's all about doing some action. It's all about doing some steps. I, I love this very simple concept. It says um, the only the only condition. It sounds very simple. The only condition condition is that he trusts in God. He or she trusts in God and clean house. You can't do one without the other. I pass. Thank you so much, Leon. Okay, so um, thank you to everyone who shared, and please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. And the share ID for today, November 11th, 2021, 7 a.m. meeting is 18,067. That's 18067. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer, 
Will Susan S.H. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. This is Susan S.H. again. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.